can't control what happens. But only thing I can control, young man, is how I respond to what happens. Will this tragedy in turn make my life that I still have to live tragic? Or will I have fond memories? Will I learn from it? Will I get stories from it that will help someone else that goes through this same tragedy? Hey everybody, welcome to the Small Business Storytellers. This podcast is for you if you see business as a tool for making the world a better place. My name is Seth Silvers, I'll be your host, and one of my biggest passions is learning from businesses who are growing without losing their authenticity. On season two, we're learning about how to thrive in times of crisis, as we learn from businesses who have been impacted by the coronavirus pandemic. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. Let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Small Business Storytellers. If this is your first time listening, my name is Seth Silvers, your host. And uh, this is a special episode because I'm sitting uh, with somebody who I appreciate dearly and have so much respect for, um, and that's Ralph Graves Jr. Ralph does a lot of things, and so I'll let him tell you all the different things he has um, that he's involved with um, and stuff. But Ralph and I got to know each other a couple years ago, um, and I got to actually help him in the process of writing uh, his book and getting his story onto paper and uh man his story is powerful and and i learned so much that's one of the side effects of my job is when i get to help people with their story um man i get to learn so much and i'm often impacted by other people's stories so ralph thank you so much for being on the show man thank you for having me greetings to all who are watching listening wherever you are i'm just happy to be i'm honored that you'd even call me man and, and allow me to be on the program absolutely so ralph for those that don't know you who Tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you have your hands involved in right now. Oh man, big picture. I'm just, I'm just a, <laughs> I'm just a small fish in this big old ocean, right? Uh, my name is Ralph Graves. I'm, I'm from South Jersey. Um, um, I'm a pastor. I pastor um, Cornerstone Community Church in Millville, New Jersey. I'm a retired police officer. Um, I worked 20 years in, in uh, Camden, New Jersey. Uh, exciting of itself been married uh 29 years three children three grandchildren um i'm motivational speaker i'm an author with with, uh, seth really helped me get through that um radio show host and a tv show host and um but this is has been the highlight of 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 my career is being on seth's show right now (laughs) oh man that's uh that that's I have, I've never heard that statement before. So there's a first time for everything. So Ralph, uh, you were not just a police officer, you're a police officer in Camden. Uh, for those that don't, that, uh, don't know like what that entails, uh, give us a little context for kind of that season of your life and really just kind of like your story of how you got to get to where you are now. Well, you know, uh, Camden, New Jersey has always been, um, when I was there, it's, it was, called the murder capital of, of, uh, of the country. Um, and, uh, I, I, I needed a job. I didn't grow up wanting to be a police officer. Um, my, uh, I had, I had a child out of, out of wedlock. She's now my wife, but I had a child she had to eat. And so, uh, I, I put my name on the application to become a police officer about 21, 22 years old. And by some hand of God, uh, I made it through the entire process, boot camp, all that stuff was real easy for me. And, um, you know, so I was able to get a check and, and able to do it that way. And uh, it was, it was, um, 
wasn't easy starting out. It wasn't easy. Um, but uh, I, I, I had common sense and wisdom. I'm a praying father, praying mother. I'm a son of a pastor. Um, you know, he pastored over 40 some odd years. So they had, they were praying over me and, and I knew the Lord and all that great stuff. And I actually rose up in the ranks pretty fast. And uh, so it was an exciting time. When um, I did 20 years, I could have did 25, but uh, I started doing the math and I started saying, well, you know, pension wise, I'm only hanging on for about 300 more dollars a month. No, I'm out of here. And <laughs> so um, I was able to leave. But during, the, during my time there, uh, father of three um, and uh, kids through high school, my wife through nursing school. She's a nurse uh, now for the last 16, 17 years. Um, she's working on her master. She's a labor and delivery nurse right now. Um, so God really blessed us in doing that. But um, while I was there, I planted um, Cornerstone Community Church about 15 years into it. Uh, I planted Cornerstone so that I knew that when I retired, I was going to um, pastor the church full time, full time. Uh, and then from that, um, from reading all that I've read and going to school, I said, hey, you know what? I need to write a book. And from that, we wrote uh, Unstoppable. Um, it was a great time writing that, and which is, we, we talked about seven universal laws that kind of will change the way you achieve and pursue success, just universal laws that God put in place. So I've had, a, had an adventurous life, had a very flavorful life. I've seen the best of man. I've seen the worst of man. I've, I've, I've seen, um, you know, I feel like Paul in the Bible. I've, I've learned how to, to, to live bountifully, and, I, and I've learned how to be without. And uh, so, you know, thank God for that. You know, that's, that's kind of, yeah. been, that's kind of short version of a long journey. These seven principles, uh, that are in unstoppable, you learned these principles in a unique place. Like these aren't principles that you found like in some other leadership book, like these are principles, like you learned them on the street. So tell us a little bit about, tell us a little bit about like where you really learned some of these principles that now you're teaching to others through your public speaking and author business. Yeah. Yeah, I would show up at, at different jobs, different cases or whatever, different calls. And I, I noticed the depravity of man and it, it crosses racial lines and financial. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, you know, I've just, I just looked at, you know, how some people did really, really well. And some people did really, really poorly. And then I started, started lining up some of the, I started kind of, kind of matching up the people that did things well. And I found out that they kind of did things a certain way, that they kind of learned how to live this life according to universal laws that God had put in place. And when I say universal laws, people get like, ah, oh, what is he talking about? Well, gravity is a universal law. If, if you respect it and live within it, you're going to be successful. So I started looking at the people who understood the law of control. Like, listen, I can't control what happens to me, but I can't control how I respond to it. I started looking at the people who, who really exercised the law of forgiveness, the law of reciprocity, the law of, of, of habit and, and practice. And I'm like, these are the most successful among us. And it didn't matter whether their educational level, didn't matter the color of their skin, it didn't even matter whether they believed, they were their believers or not. They just understood how life can be lived successfully when you live it within the confines and respect the laws that are all around us each and every day. And so I watched, I watched it firsthand. I mean, I, 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 I was there, so I didn't have to really read it in books. I, I was, yeah. I was there. 
I, I is there, are there like is there a story or two that um you know from your police officer days that really made a mark on you that you would mind sharing there's quite there's so many um one I, i'll share it and, and it really helped me understand the law of control um you know unfortunately we would go to fatals and 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 different accidents or or, or people would be really busted up and i saw the way that the best amongst us handle it versus some of those who really aren't the best among us or maybe it's just not handle it. I watched them months later. For instance, I, um, there's a fatal car accident on one of the bad, bad routes uh, in, in the county that I worked. And um, it was terrible. It was terrible. And um, uh, someone died and the, the families were there. And um, I watched the parents have a composure that I wouldn't have had as a parent. I mean, I'd have been losing my mind, and and I, as months went on, I got a chance to talk to the to the parents, and, and the father said this to me: "I can't control what happens, but only thing I can control, young man, is how I respond to what happens. Will this tragedy in turn make my life that I still have to live tragic, or will I have fond memories? Will I learn from it? Will I get stories from it that will help someone else that goes through this same tragedy?" And that blew my mind that he, I can't control what happened, but I can control my response to it. So that really touched me because that was just a tragic situation. I'm like, this guy really understood this law. Right back, he showed it to me. He showed it to me, you know, and, and, uh, and uh, I was really blessed by it. And, and uh, he kept on living. He still had a life to live and him and his wife kept on living. And uh, their story has touched thousands and uh, they're doing quite well. Uh, because they understood the law of control. Wow. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, it really is. I remember from a young age, um, I don't even remember, I don't necessarily remember like specific moments that my dad told me this, but I remember learning this from my dad of uh, like, don't get stressed by what you can't control. And, and right. just looking at like the majority of the reasons that people are stressed out, are afraid, that they're panicking, um, are things that are out of their control and stuff. And there's, yeah. there's absolutely times when things that are within my control um, are hard and they're stressful and they yeah. cause pain. And, and those are times where we should act and stuff like th those yeah. are important times when you realize like there's something going off in my life and I can control it. Um, and that should lead us to action. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's an interesting place to be in where we realize, man, most of the things that are affecting me, I can't I can't control. Right, right, yeah. You know, it's it's you know, I often say God will allow adversity in our lives. He does. You keep on living, you're going to have adversity. Um, but the thing you can control is how you meet the adversity. What are you going to learn in it? How do you handle it? Um, how are you going to rise from it? Uh, I'm a believer. I'm, I, I'm a born again Christian, and I believe that all things. I believe the Word of God more than I believe anything else. I don't even believe what I see more than what I believe the Word of God. The Word of God says all things work together for good to them who are called to them that love God. And so I know that no matter what is happening in the world today, somehow, some way, it's working for my good in my favor. And, and in order for me to bless somebody else. So I just stand on that, man. So I, I really uh, know that I'm responsible for how I respond to the things that happen in my life. Absolutely. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying that. And, you know, a lot of our listeners um, are driven by purpose or driven by, you know, some kind of cause or some kind of faith and stuff. And so I know 
Um, yeah. you know, whether our listeners are believers in the Christian faith or not, right, like these right. principles are things, the principles you talk about in Unstoppable, like they're principles that apply. No matter who you are, it's, 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 I tell people, listen, um, let's go back to gravity. If, if a believer or a non-believer stand on top of the, of, of a tall building and jump off, the believer's not going to grow wings. <laughs> We all have to submit to that law of gravity, you know, and so how how we how we navigate through it depends on our success in in, in our lives today. Right. So um, this is a unique conversation because I haven't had a pastor on the small business storytellers yet. Yeah. And a lot of people are probably like, "What's a pastor doing on small business storytellers?" Um, you're making history. There you go. And I'm we're giving history. you the, That's what the best history, moment man. of your career, like you said. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, let's, can we talk about the business side of a church a little bit? Sure. We sure can. And not, and I don't, uh, a lot of people think like, you know, in ministry and in church, like, oh, you, you know, you can't talk about business. You can't make it a business. Oh, um, yeah. You better talk about it. Talk to me a little bit about the business side of a church. Well, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, 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 it's like any other business is Monday through Friday. I mean, um, to do ministry, you have to keep the lights on to do, to do ministry. You have to be, you have to be up on uh, the latest technology. Um, I, I tell people, um, that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it is a business side to it. The, the poor can't bless the poor. Um, uh, the, the, you know, it's hard for the brokenhearted to bless the brokenhearted. Uh, whereas some people just see church as a place I worship. Some people come every Sunday, some come occasionally. Uh, but like every other business, it does take money to run. It does take money to run, you know, and, and unfortunately people think, oh man, the pastor, he's getting all that, that money. No, listen, in, in my case, I don't even take a salary. I, I'm pensioned. I, I'm, I'm an ex-police officer. So that's just me. But I have, I have, I have some wonderful brothers and sisters in the ministry, man, that this is truly a calling. I remember when I was first called to plant Cornerstone Community Church, some very near and dear people to me who had pastored a long time. They said, well, you either called or you're crazy. (laughs) You either called or you're crazy because it's one of the most trying things you ever try to do. So, and we depend a lot on volunteers, but there is a business side. There is a business side. I mean, you still have to, uh, um, you, you still people. You can talk about separation of church and state all you want to, but you know that sounds good until the state comes knocking on the door. Want to make sure all your paperwork is right, and, <laughs> and and make sure that everything is is above board. So you have to have a team. You have to have accountants. You have to have people in the office. If I'm going to pastor correctly, there is pastoring spiritually, but then there is the tactical part of of ministry, which is actually running the business. Who do we support? How do we go out here? You know, there, there's things to, we want to bless kids. We want to bless families. It takes some strate- uh, some strategists and some tacticians to get that done. So yeah, there's, there's a big business side of it. The, the lights, the electric company doesn't care that we're a church. We don't pay, the lights are getting off. You know, they're getting cut off. They're getting cut off. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it comes, I think it comes back to stewardship. Yes. Um, yeah. you know, you have to steward, like we usually think about stewardship just with finances and stuff. But I mean, like there's a lot of elements, organizational elements of stewardship oh. that you have to Yeah, balance. stewardship. Yeah. 
God, God gave me this, this building to steward properly. I mean, if I can't, if it needs to be painted, if, if we have roof leaks, we have a whole lot. Anything a building would have, we have those problems. We have, I have to pay for exterminators. I mean, everything that we have, we have going on. And then it's the part of, of, of me being uh, an honorable pastor and stewarding and shepherding the people that he allows to come to Cornerstone Community Church. I don't want to ever break a heart. I don't want to ever lead anyone astray. I don't want to ever be a stumbling block. And, and um, I, I, I take pride in that. I take pride in that. And so it's a, uh, it's it's a it's a heavy place to be sometimes. It's it's really a heavy place right. to be. So for I mean, since the church was the church for thousands of years, the church mm. has uh revolved around um meeting together. Yeah. Uh has been a central piece of the church. I mean, That's the right. church is much more than a Sunday meeting. Um, but you know, there's there's scriptures that says don't don't stop meeting together. Um don't forsake the gathering of yourselves. Exactly. Yeah. So three weeks ago, this changes. Uh, maybe a yeah. little earlier for you as you're in New Jersey and um, kind of mm-hmm. a hotbed for the coronavirus pandemic. But um, how how is this impacting you guys uh, when, you know, the government initially says don't meet with gatherings of more than 10 people when externally such a big piece of what a church is, is gathering with more than 10 people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of laws came down. I had to teach my people how to really read it um, uh, and, and really understand it. Um, uh, you, t- we can get into the whole politics of it. There's, there's a, um, uh, what's his name? Todd Spell, Tony Spell down Louisiana. He still had church last week. We had a thousand people show up. You know, he, he was quoting the Constitution and, and Bill of Rights and they couldn't touch him. And so, you know, um, um, we haven't closed our doors. Um, we've done it strategically um, just out of fear. People aren't coming. So that's keeping numbers really low. But um, the doors have to be open. I, um, I, I can't live with on a Sunday the door being closed and, and, and somebody might be fighting depression. Somebody might be trying to take their lives or, or the drunk next door. And he comes to Cornerstone Community Church and he shakes that door and he came to meet Christ and that door is locked. Man, I can't live with that, man. That door's got to be open. You know, I've, I've always said that, that we, I, I'm not about the masses. I'm about the one, you know. And so our doors have never been shut. I won't shut them. Um, our people, if, if, you know, they're welcome to come and go as they please, they understand the pandemic thing. But, Again, how it's changed. We ten years ago, we got really out front of, you know, I I brought in once again the business side of the church. You got to have some young people that understand technology. Ten years ago, we developed a very interactive web page. We developed an online campus. We've been doing videos. We've been touching people through all all level of social media, driving them back to the churches webpage and so now it, it this is going to be the new normal you know we, we're coming up I'm, I'm 52 um the generation after us you know my generation and older we went to church that was the normal what we're learning now is that americans can do anything they want from home and so churches have to get out front of it we can still assemble together virtually yes the doors are open here but all the while we're on live stream all the while 
uh, during the week. You can check in and see interactive Bible studies. You can you can join the church. You can give. You can be a part of what's going on. So you, you really, again, here comes the business side of it. It's more than just preaching and teaching. Jesus said, go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That means I have to go. So that means I have to reach out and touch the community virtually, the global community. And we've been doing that. And, and now we just have to ramp it up. I mean, I must mm -hmm. have shot 30 videos this week. <laughs> yeah. So you, so it sounds like you guys, um, not that you've been preparing for this, but because you've been focused on innovating, yeah. it's easier for your community yeah. to stay more engaged in this season where people yeah. aren't as inclined to actually come to church on Sunday. Right. And it doesn't mean that, that this, this is a hard pill to swallow especially for us old cats. It doesn't mean that they love God any less just because they didn't leave their house. It doesn't mean that. Thank God that we have a, a gracious God. God is so much more gracious than we are. And it will, if you're not careful, we'll sit around and we'll start judging people. They don't ever come to church. Well, well, listen, let's get into their homes. And I, I actually teach people how to worship from hmm. home. I love that. <laughs> you know, I, I teach it. I say, actually get up and get dressed actually put it on the big screen of your of your house mm -hmm. actually lean in actually sing the praise and worship songs now you whether you you might be fearful or you just can't get the church or you're just not going out it's just not your thing you can actually worship there mm -hmm. but but we have to do our due diligence to get there so it is changing yeah and um i feel sorry for my brothers and sisters who are pastoring and they didn't do that you know a lot of them depend on and and um i don't know if you heard this this is fresh off the presses a lot of them depend on that facebook live um i don't do a facebook live um facebook has the right to take down your material whenever they want to so if i'm if i'm preaching a really convicting message and uh some you know the, the bible doesn't make us feel comfortable all the time sometimes people will call it hate speech if they report me and say i'm preaching hate speech toward a group they take it down they censor and monitor what you put up and so i'm not a fan of 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 the facebook live uh a preacher was complaining about that the other day i'm a fan of letting facebook know go to our website and you can mm -hmm. worship with us from there so it's it's a lot yeah yeah. So a lot of churches aren't as prepared as you've been. Um, a lot of churches, yeah. especially smaller churches, probably more rural communities, like they rely on, um, you know, they rely on past passing the plate every single week and stuff. So like how, what are some of the challenges that churches around the country are facing with this, you know, prime minimum of an eight week kind of like, shut down in some ways uh how is this impacting them i'm gonna be i'm gonna tell your audience something very candidly in one week right in, in one week and i'm not into telling people to church's finances but in one week we had a uh eight thousand dollar decline in giving in one week and you're right and we're not a big church we're probably a medium-sized church right um smaller churches are not they're, they're really really going to struggle they have rent to pay yeah especially if they don't own the own the building and that's coming from a church that has like it sounds like you've done for years you've been getting your congregation to be more technologically adept and you still saw that decline yes, yes still saw and i have givers yeah i have i have givers here and we we give through push pay and all that kind of stuff we have a church app the whole nine and and we made those things available and i think that 
and, it, and it's affordable to do. A lot of our churches don't make, they don't think they can have this technology. You can have it. It's affordable to do. Um, it, when people do come to church, no one carries cash. So you, you better have a square or, 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 or a machine they can swipe their card on. Um, most of the finances for our church come in through our app, through our website, through Pushpay. You, you, have, to, you have to know who you're pastoring. You have to understand the times that you live in. But the impact, you know, I'm praying for these brothers and sisters because an eight-week shutdown, it's going to be tough really to do ministry. I mean, it's going to be tough. I'm praying that they don't get put out. I'm praying that they can still make their mortgage payments. I'm praying that their lights don't get cut off. Um, I'm, I'm praying that uh, some folks uh, learn to give in, in alternative ways. But yeah, it's really going to impact them a lot. It's going to it's going to impact. Them. And you were, I mean, you were pastoring during, you were pastoring during the last economic recession. Yeah, yeah. So what was that like to? be pastoring, you know, be lead, well, and I'll change the language, be leading an organization yeah, yeah. Um, that relied on people giving in a recession where people's ability to give was drastically minimized. Well, I, I, have, I remember preaching a series, I um, believe universal law of, of reciprocity, we talk about it and, and, it, and it's hard until you really grow and trust God. Um, how, how we got through that, I was really preaching ser- series on that when I give out of my lack, when I give to God out of my lack, he in turn multiplies and blesses what I do have. And now it takes a lot for a person to wrap their mind around. Seasoned saints get it because they've been trusting God a long time. They, they understand that tithing. And matter of fact, the less I have, I'm going to ramp it up more and God just continues to bless me. So um, people understood that. And, and so I, I really talked series on that and preached through that. And the makeup of your church has a lot to do with it, too. A lot of folks seek out the millennials and the family members, and they forget some of these seniors who've been trusting the Lord a long time, who lived through recessions and depressions and all that kind of stuff. They're like, listen, nothing's going to stop me from worshiping. Nothing's going to stop me from coming to church to where our millennials and they're great people but just the fact of our youth and their youth, they haven't lived long enough to trust God long enough. Now, they do great and wonderful things. But if that's all your ministry is fill up full with, you're, you're going to suffer when time gets hard. Because some folks, it, it, the older folks know how to make it through tough times. That's why they're older folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. They're older because, because they know how to live through tough times. Right. So what can... I appreciate you being on this episode and for our listeners, like, just like, this is a different episode. Like we're talking about church, we're talking about tithing, we're talking about all these different (laughs) things and how this is affecting a sector of our communities that um, maybe some people are going to church, maybe some people hate church, but what can the at-large community, what can the business community um, learn from the church and how the church is responding to um, this pandemic in this season? I think we learn from each other. I think that whether it's a church, whether it's a small business community, whatever the case may be, we have to learn that that um, times are forever changing. Um, we'll go through. We'll, we will go through this again. We will go through some sort of uh, some sort of pandemic, something that that changes the way we do things. We're going to go through this again. And so, what we have to learn out of this is. Um, uh, kind of, kind of looking ahead down the road. I, I feel for here in New Jersey, um, 
you know, I guess it's out where you are too. Your your diner, your restaurant had to close unless it had takeout. Mm-hmm. Takeout menus only. And I know diner owners, you know, being a 20 year, 20 year veteran police officer, you know all the diners. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we know <laughs> diner owners. And I remember asking them, do you have takeout? I don't need no takeout. I'm not doing I want this to be a sit-down place. Well, guess who got shut down? Guess who yep. who is affected in a negative way the most? Those who did not change with the times, those who did not weren't able to forecast that, hey, I need takeout. Just like the churches need to forecast, hey, I need to set up some sort of virtual space where I can meet people virtually. So what we need to learn is that um, times are ever changing. We're never going backwards. So um, for the person that, that I used to, you know, people would complain about the kids are always on their phones. Well, that's never going to stop. So we need to go where they are. So with the church, with your businesses, go where the people are. Listen, I, I'm not a, I, I, I'm very basic when it comes to uh, social media, right? I'm, I'm Facebook. You find Ralph Graves anywhere. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, multiple platforms. There's this new platform out there. I can't stand to use it, but everybody's on it. That's thinking TikTok. So guess who just showed up on TikTok? Me. Because the people that I'm trying to influence, the people I'm trying to tell stories to, the people that I want to buy unstoppable, you know, the next, the next group of consumers, that's where they are. Mm-hmm. And so I think that with the church, I think with small businesses, I think, and we, you know, I thank God for platforms like this. Um, you, you can't, you can't be a secret, right? you know, so you, you just have to get ahead of it. We're going to go through another pandemic we're gonna go through something yeah. else and um out of sight is out of mind so you never want to be outside. yeah so what i hear you saying ralph is whether you're a business owner whether you're uh you know a base level employee that just started a job out yeah. of college whether you're a church yeah. you gotta change with the times you gotta change with the times man you, you have to and and you can't you can't use those those words, we never did it that way before. It, it, that's it, well, times have changed, and it seems like this. It seems like this particular crisis is is exposing a lot of that. Like it's exposing a lot of the small businesses, a lot of the nonprofits that yeah. haven't worked to build a community that they can interact with when they can't interact face to face. Yeah, yeah, and it also exposes that we're not as tough as we think we are. <laughs> we're not as tough as we think we are. We 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 say you know what we really believe, but uh, but but going through something like this is kind of shows you what you really believe and uh, where you're really ahead of it. And you, we have to create spaces to where um, um, we're interactive and where we can constantly reach each other. Yeah, you know, we, absolutely. Yeah. What's uh what's the main thing that you're telling your congregation uh, through this time? Where you know probably a lot of them are, you know maybe they're panicking maybe they're yeah. you know some some are probably confident some are probably afraid what's the main thing that you're encouraging and telling um your community right now continue to pray for one another and be tolerant of another's beliefs be tolerant of another's level of how they view this thing um and that, now you know me a little while you know it has to stop me one iota you know i, I just i just don't it's just not going to bother me at all um but there are others man i mean you know, church was a ghost town, <laughs> you know, so, but I had to really um, understand that we are not all at the same place in our walk. 
whether with Christ or whether with, and, it, and it's okay to have some concerns. I tell people, don't be fearful, but your concerns are valid. And so pray for one another. Um, you know, we talk about social distancing. Don't allow yourself to become um, emotionally distant from one another. You know, the first thing I did today, man, I, I got on the phone. I called 10 people. I just, I called them, I shot them a text. Hey, pastor's thinking about you because what happens is, and if you are a church member and you didn't show up, your pastor's not mad at you. A lot of people think, oh, pastor's going to be, he's going to be ticked off because I didn't show up. And he would, no, 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 no. I understand that, that you are going through something that you've never gone through before. And, right. and, and once it works all out, I'm still going to be here for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. good. That's, yeah. those are, those are good words that I think anybody can, anybody can apply to their situation. And yeah. It's more important than ever to, um, reach out to people. And, and I actually think like on a business side, like it's been in, I mean, for the last week or two when I've been, you know, chatting with people, whatever, it's been like, Hey, let's jump on a 30 minute zoom call or whatever. Yeah. Like I've actually been interacting with people yeah. more in some ways through this. Care. Yeah. yeah. And it's really interesting. And so I think that, um, some of the things that stick longer, like I'm going to be more likely to FaceTime people instead of call them because there's yes. been some people that I've called and I've been like, Hey, let's, let's FaceTime instead of call because we're not seeing each other as yeah. much yeah. Um, and stuff. So I think after this all, um, you know, kind of calms down and stuff, I think they're, they're, it's going to be interesting to see how people, how this changes the way that we interact with people. I, I think that it'll be a year before it all shakes all out. I don't care what bands are lifted and whatnot, the fear and everything yeah. and how we has already been placed on our minds. So yeah. uh, it'll, it'll be a year before we all get back to, you know, let's go have coffee. It'll be a minute. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's wild. Yeah. Well, Ralph, as we close, uh, how can people get in touch with you and um and give it give a good like who should buy your book everybody uh should buy my book everybody who's anybody anybody that wants to be anybody who really wants to understand i just dealt with seven universal laws there's thousands of them i, I only dealt with seven it's a very quick read it's about 90 pages maybe 86 90 pages little workbook inside to really challenge you where you are um uh, i'm just put it out there because my goal is to sell a million copies you know so you know but so i think every Everybody should buy it. It's available everywhere. Barnesandnoble.com, Amazon.com. My website is Ralph at RalphGravesJr.com. Um, uh, you can buy it there. Uh, audiobook, audiobook. Look for it on Spotify and iTunes, everything else. We just did the audiobook, Seth. Just did it. Yeah, cool. yeah. yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. And you have, a, you have a podcast as well, I have right? a ra- It's a radio show, um, but you can radio find it show, on the podcast. Okay. WWDBAM.com. Uh, just kind of, kind of, and, and when you search, just search for the Ralph Graves Jr. Show. We have a good time, and it comes on Wednesday mornings at uh, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, but it's on www.dbam.com, the uh, Ralph Graves Jr. Show. Um, uh, yeah, Great. we're having a good time, man. We're having a good time putting together a mastermind. But I'll be talking to you about that. Awesome. And uh, how some of maybe some of your um, some of your listeners uh, can can be involved with the mastermind that my team has put together. Great. Yeah. Well, I definitely encourage our listeners, um, follow Ralph Graves, keep in touch with what he's doing, get his book. Yeah. Um, I know that book inside yes, and out. Yes, you do. And, it's, and, and it, it'll, it'll change you. So thanks so much for jumping on and uh, just being willing to Amen. share a little bit of a different perspective with our listeners than we usually get. I think it's really important that we uh, hear how things like this are impacting 
um, different people. And I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for the show. I just want to encourage you, man. I think it's it's phenomenal what you're doing. You're blessing more people than you realize, man. And uh, if you're listening to this show, keep listening to this show. Hang in there. Apply some of the principles that my good brother here talks about. And uh, I just want to thank you for me. You're, you're the hero, brother. You're the hero. <laughs> thank you for your kind words. And <laughs> I appreciate your time most of all today, Ralph. So thank you so much. Thank you. Do you want to grow an online brand that is profitable and authentic? Do you know that you have a ton of great ideas for content that you want to create, but you need accountability and strategy? Do you want to grow online, but online marketing just seems overwhelming? If your answer is yes to any of these questions, then I want to personally invite you to join our private marketing community, successwithstories.com. Success with Stories is the premier community for purpose-driven businesses committed to growing online by marketing with stories. Inside of successwithstories.com, you will learn how to create online content that converts, how to build a connection with your audience that outlasts any crisis, and most importantly, you're going to learn how to grow your business in a way that feels authentic to you. Honestly, right now in 2020, things are a bit crazy and unpredictable for all businesses. And so we think it's really important to show you how you can build a crisis-proof online brand. So head to www.successwithstories.com to join Success With Stories. Don't wait another day. We'll see you inside of Success With Stories.